screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should've never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all gone. All right. Greetings, Chuddlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. It's Sunday, February 11th. It's just about 5 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, the Celtics have just wrapped up beating the Heat in Miami, 110-106. Uh, really exciting game all, all around. Um, obviously, a little bit of a sweat day at the end for us. But a great, just a great Celtics Heat matchup, albeit without Jimmy Butler out for personal reasons. Uh, a leave of absence, apparently, for a death in his family. So, hope everything is all right on that end. But the game still ended up being pretty good. Uh, we're going to bring it all down for you. I'm your host, as always, Dugouts. And with me is Chuddy, King Chuddy. How you feeling today? Uh, feeling all right. Started to get some of the unpleasantness that seems to come along with every Celtics Heat game out of my system, and uh, feeling a lot better now. So pretty good. How about you? I'm good. Yeah, good. Excited <laughs> for the game tonight. We're gonna do a little bit of a. Uh, we're gonna do a little crossover sports wise. Give you guys uh, some Super Bowl picks and stuff like that at the end of the podcast too. Um, but yeah, so good. The story tonight though. Uh, Celtics beat the Heat one ten one oh six. Make sure you're following us on social media at Shuddy's Corner on Twitter. Follow me at Doug underscore outs. Follow him at King Chuddy. Uh, make sure you check it out at Chuddy'sCorner.com. That's home to the blog, home to all the episodes where you can leave voicemails. Uh, we got a couple of voicemails that we have ready. I think tomorrow's episode, our next game's episode, we're going to do a few of those. So if you want to get a voicemail in, get them in now. Um, and also just subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast at, whether it's uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, YouTube, any of the above. Um, and special shout out to our sponsor, Nick Perino, Nick Perino Real Estate, uh, nickperino.com for all your real estate needs. And thanks to Nick. If anyone has noticed, our faces are brighter. He, we got some lights, some lighting sent to us. So yeah, I feel like I'm like, I should have applied sunscreen. So I feel it looks like if I'm doing a fireside chat, um, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, um, that, that, that's it. I'm still working out the kinks on the lights. I feel lit up, but I do feel like I'm sitting in front of like a fire or something right now. Uh, anyway. That's enough of that. Uh, we're going to get into the game. Celtics beat the Heat. Jason Tatum, the high scorer for the Celtics with 26 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. He's been creeping towards a triple-double in a lot of these games. He's got to be due for one soon. Uh, but I'll pass the mic over to you, Ben. Uh, over to you, Chud. What do you have for a recap for us in this game? Yeah, well, I was coasting towards a casual uh, Sunday afternoon, and a pretty typical Celtics Heat game broke out. Nothing really too surprising that I don't expect to see when these teams match up, especially in Miami in the Kaseya Center. Um, and that's what it was. It was a typical kind of grinded out bloodbath affair. Uh, picked up late in the game early. You know, like you mentioned, we knew Jimmy Butler was going to be out, but I think we know with these teams, it almost doesn't really matter. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get, no matter who's on the court for either team. Um, and that's what it was. Scrappy, fighting early. I thought the Celtics came out. Really good discipline. Great job of getting KP involved, which is, again, kind of something we harp on, especially in this matchup. And you could see it all over the place, uh, running that high pick and roll. He was popping out for threes. He was getting the ball, finishing inside. Kind of a little bit of everything, which, again, is just so good to see. And something we've talked about all years, too, is just the way he affects the entire floor when he's out there. Wherever he goes, you see what he kind of does with Adebayo and really shifts and affects their entire defense and just makes it so hard for them to muck us up, especially the way that we've seen them do in years past. So it's nice to see that in the early going. We are able to build up a little bit of lead. I thought the defense was pretty locked in early, again, with no Butler. Then Richardson got hurt. Then Terry Rozier got hurt. They were kind of just <laughs> running out of guys who could beat us. Yeah. Um, 
So a lot of focus on Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin. Those guys played a lot. I thought uh, Bam was really solid, kind of in the middle for the entire game. The Jays got it going. You mentioned Tatum. I thought just an amazing passing game by him. He had the nine assists. I think uh, they said that the Celtics were nine of 17 off his passes. So probably could have made a few more, gotten him that triple double. And he had a few plays too, where it felt like he kind of started the ball getting in rotation and he didn't get the assist, but it was kind of his pass that started the ball moving and got the the to a good shot. Yeah. If even sometimes it was like three, four passes away, but it was like, he started kind of the swing that ended up getting us a good shot. Um, so saw a lot of that. We we're kind of able to stretch it out to like a seven, eight, almost 10 point lead around the half came out. I thought great start to the third quarter. We were playing a little bit of zone uh, firing right at them. We had that awesome uh, baseline out of bounds play where white set the screen for Porzingis came in, got the dunk and one over hero. I think stretched it out to about 15. Uh, things were really looking good. Miami called the timeout came right out of that on a 13 to two run. That was when Tyler hero got going. He, we did an awesome job with him in the second half. Not so much. I mean, awesome job with him in the first half, not so much in the second half. He scored 20 points in the second half and really was the linchpin for their offense. It seemed like he was kind of doing it all. He was, uh, Got himself going with some good looks, and then I thought he made some tough shots, too, and we did a good job on them. He was targeting mismatches, going at Hauser a lot. Um, who, again, I thought t- did all right, but Hero just had it going a little bit. Uh, his two-man game with him and Bam was giving us some trouble. They kind of quickly got back in the game. It felt like for, like, one minute we were going to run away and have a little bit of a blowout in that third <laughs> quarter, and he'd said, absolutely not. Uh, cut it back down to a four-point game really quickly, and we saw Porzingis actually exit the game, go right to the locker room, grimacing and holding his back was obviously a scary moment after I already mentioned the heat injuries. It was kind of a lot of, a lot of scary injury moments in this game for both sides, I guess more for them, but the Porzingis one was definitely a scare for a few minutes there as he went right back to the locker room. Um, the lead had already started to kind of fade at that point. It seemed like he was out there, not his full self. Uh, and we weren't kind of using him the same way for those couple minutes before he did go out. Uh, Celtics called timeout down four. Drew Holiday, massive three, got it back to seven, kind of gave us uh, some arm's length again to fend them off at the end of the third quarter. Fourth quarter, same thing, pushed it out a little bit, uh, had a nice lead going. Then there's this crazy sequence, basically will end up probably defining the game. Um, so it started with a great Celtics defensive possession that, uh, Caleb Martin, of course, that absolute bastard, scoops it up as the ball is falling out of bounds, <laughs> and he throws it over the backboard to beat the shot clock, uh, cut the lead from, like, 9 to 7 off, you know, yeah. it should have been a stop, come down at the other end, Jalen Brown gets fouled as Duncan Robinson's absolutely all over him and kind of shoves Robinson off him, snaps him around with a little bit of force, Robinson goes flying, uh, called the technical on Brown, upgraded to a flagrant one on Brown, so that he get the ball back, uh, well, Robinson hits the two free throws after about a five-minute delay, a lot of pushing shoving name calling this that whatever yeah we're gonna get Um, into that later definitely but robinson hits the two free throws they get the ball back um and then uh some nice defense almost on the celtics cause a loose ball but bam picks it up draws the end one tough call so ended up basically being seven a 7-0 heat run where the celtics had the ball for one possession and drew a foul um so i'm not sure you'll see that (laughs) like anywhere else and when you you put it all down like that (laughs) it felt crazy at the time when you say it like that it seems even more crazy it's almost like mathematically impossible for that to happen i would say (laughs) other than the exact way it played out but that really was a tough sequence swung the momentum got the uh the crowd into it the heat obviously fired up it was a four-point game, and um, it might have felt like they kind of responded to him, and it swung the momentum in their direction, but it was pretty even, actually, back and forth the rest of the way. It was really, like I said, a bloodbath. Both teams, uh, super aggressive on both ends. A lot of defense, and that's where, again, those last seven, eight minutes, Sardis came back in. That's where it really felt like a classic Heat-Celtics game. It felt like a playoff game. I mean, the intensity was 
through the roof. So, um, you know, not like the most fun moments as a Celtics fans kind of hate watching that, but those are the moments that will probably help us more than anything down the stretch. It's good to have those kind of experiences. I think in the regular season, good to face some of that adversity. And I thought for the most part responded pretty well. Um, again, other than hero making a few ridiculous shots, I thought mostly the Celtics were running good offense. They had like a couple of minutes where they seemed a little stunned by what happened. And then I thought they found themselves. They ran good stuff. They got some good looks. Um, Jalen seemed a little rattled for a minute there, but he bounced back, hit a huge three, and then uh, cut inside, got a pass from JB that he was able to finish for a layup. So some big plays to close it out down the stretch on both ends. And I think uh, the defense really carried us home after, again, they had cut it down to three a couple times, stepped up, has had some huge stops. Uh, JB had a huge possession on Bam where he forced a bad shot after the end of the shot clock. And then Tatum had another one where he was all over Bam, poked it away a couple times, forced him into a bad shot, then got a tough rebound. Uh, we were able to close it out from the line, ended up with uh, a four-point game. Wasn't pretty, but uh, did what we had to do. And then want to shout out Drew Holiday, too. It seemed like the story of this game was kind of Miami making runs and then the Celtics pushing back before they could kind of get all the way over the hump. A little yeah. uh, one of those Sisyphus games kind of for Miami where it kept like they kept rolling the boulder up the hill. And then right when they would get to the top, it would kind of push back against them. Drew was a huge part of that. Five of six Ooh. and three. And it felt like three of those were absolute like momentum stoppers when we needed them. So some huge shots. Um, and again, it's never pretty against Miami. We just beat them by 40 a couple weeks ago in Miami. They had half their team missing tonight and seemed like they played us obviously much better. So, again, I think that's kind of what you come to expect from these two teams. Really good to see the Celtics uh, ratchet it up down the stretch and pull out of there with a win. Yeah, great great uh, shout-out right there. Some Greek mythology shout-out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, kind of like exactly what you said, it, it felt like there was, it, it got close to the end, but it never really felt like until that point that there was much – the game wasn't really much in doubt. I think the whole incident, we're going to get into it with um, – with Jalen and um, Duncan Robinson, I think I think if anything, that kind of just like that is that's exactly what the Heat sort of needed. I feel like that was that was a yeah. big shot. I think without that happening, we might have even we might have coasted to an even bigger victory. But that did get it mm-hmm. did change a lot. And we're going to get into that. I think Hero too is shot making. He had that one point two where he shot like a super deep three. They got the offensive rebound and gave it back to me. Did it again, and he just <laughs> you just knew with that Heat voodoo <laughs> magic that we always talk about that there was no way he was going to miss two awfully right. like awful shots which is like super deep threes um yeah so that that sucked and i agree it was just <laughs> they would cut into our runs um and before it got too out, out of hand we would build one up again so just kind of back and forth the game made for a really exciting game i did write down even my notes all drew holiday's points were from threes and like you said a lot of those were super cl- uh kind of clutch threes to sort of end those droughts yeah. um tatum too we're gonna get into his night too but i just thought the playmaking, like you mentioned, with the assist is crazy. Like, he, when, I mean, you see the defense all just shading over to him, and he just kind of makes, like, again, sometimes it's just that first pass that leads to just like a swing of four or five passes and just a great shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a fun game. I'm glad that no one on our end is seriously <laughs> injured. Um, yeah. I hope that the guys on their end, obviously Terry Rozier, don't want anything to happen to him. Uh, Richardson, it, it looked like you could see his shoulder kind of pop yeah, out. Definitely. So, you know, that, that could end up being a little bit of a worse one. Um, Duncan Robinson. Almost got his arm ripped out, uh, and I guess we can kind of turn it over to that now. So the player, <laughs> the player you're talking about, um, he kind of gets hooked under, hooks his arm sort of under Jalen Brown. They call a foul on him on Jalen Brown. He continues to like hook his arm in, and Jalen kind of flings him forward. And just because of like the way his arm bent, it looked. I mean, it looked at first. It looked like I was like, oh my god, I think he just fucking like really hurt him. <laughs> uh, but it turns out he, I mean, he didn't miss any time or anything. Uh, but it was so at first it looked really bad, but then you know. If he gets the call, if he's getting called for fouling for that move and just continues to do that move, I don't get why Jalen isn't allowed to like shove him off. Granted, it looked bad, but that leads to kind of this 
the really intense environment. I think <laughs> up until that point, that arena was like you could have taken a nap in that arena. Yeah. Um, well, except for the times where the Celtics made big plays because it sounded like there was a pretty good Celtic crime in there. Yeah. Um, so that happens. It kind of leads off to sort of this this jawing. He obviously gets the flag on, like you said. Duncan Robinson comes back out and like goes pretty much walks right over to like Jalen and they start jawing a little bit more after that. So things got pretty intense. And again, I think it breathed life into the heat. Um, so I don't know. What, what did you kind of see with that? I, I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I think that Duncan Robinson's just like a perfect kind of villain. Um, so I, I thought I was, I had no problem. I thought it was stupid that they called it a flagrant, but I guess just because of the way it looked, it did like, if he just kind of just like pushed him away and the guy flopped, I don't think they called it. Yeah. I think it was because of the way his arm, it looked like he snapped his arm. Like that was totally. like a jujitsu move or something. <laughs> Definitely did. Didn't look great. Um, the way he flexed and kind of like threw him over there, let out some frustration. But again, like what it comes he's back fa- to, he's fouling me, him. He's Robinson the was the one who committed the foul, and it's like you don't want that. Like you know where your arm is. Take your arm out of there. He could have taken his yeah. arm out of there. He was clearly trying to like sell the call, complain, whatever. Then he gets thrown to the ground like a rag doll. He lies there and cries about it for what, seven minutes, like an entire yeah. review. Then he gets up and wants to get in Jalen's face. And if you watch the video of him getting in his face, he's like backing up the entire time as he's talking. Yeah, like, he got it's like just close such, and he's like, 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 like talk oh, shit pathetic. and he's yeah, going back. Like, yeah, give me, give me a break. Uh, total like crybaby flop job whatever and then the most annoying part about it to me was that after that when the Celtics were going right at Robinson and Hero the refs just were letting them do like Tatum not shooting free throws until the end when they intentionally fouled him for the way he played and how much contact he's playing and then that one play where they like Like, were intentionally fouling when they weren't calling it I know that these guys are like smaller lesser defenders but if you're just it's equalize the playing field if you're just going to let them have two hands on him every time he's driving they show a replay Robinson is just holding Tatum with both his hands like on his chest it's like yeah you're just going to let him do that. That's, I mean, it's go, I, I, It's like the refs are kind of asking for it. You're letting these guys play this physically. They're fouling nonstop, which is just how the Heat play, and it's so frustrating to watch them get away with this. Mm-hmm. They're just mucking the game up with, basically, we're just going to reach and bump you and hold you all game, and we're just basically daring the refs to consistently call it. They don't, and that's what leads to this mix-up, and that is what's going to lead to a guy getting hurt on a play like that where Jalen Brown's so frustrated because how many times do you think he's been getting hugged by Hero and Robinson and those other guys the whole game where it's like, yeah, eventually he's going to be like, get the hell off me. <laughs> so, yeah. He you know, ragdolled. I'm, it was yeah, like, I'm it glad was he wasn't so hurt, funny. but I think his frustration was from more than that one play. And I mean, you could see it from Tatum at times too, where it's like, what the hell does this guy have to do to get a call? It's just ridiculous. He's driving, getting bumped by two guys, getting held, um, going up, and it's just like it's crazy to me. So I mean, again, I think that did help them. It gave them momentum. Beyond the momentum, like I said, they got seven points in four seconds without us <laughs> doing like anything us, wrong. Yeah, yeah by, by fouling us exactly, <laughs> which is just. Crazy. So, I mean, I'm glad no one on their team is hurt, but this is like typical Miami Heat, not even playing like dirty, but just finding ways to like muck the game up and take the other team out of what they want to do. Um, and it worked to them for an extent. I mean, again, that cut it to four. The rest of the game, obviously, we won by four, so it played them pretty much even. But yeah, I think they had the ball like maybe one time where they were actually within a possession and had a chance to tie it. Celtics never let them tie it, never let them take the lead. So yeah. again, it's not pretty, but that's, I think, what you want to see as like a Celtics fan where you say, what can we actually take away from the regular season at this point? I think it's moments like that where the Heat are down four, their crowd's in it, they're fired up, and you have to hold them off for eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Like, that's what we did. So again, it's definitely uh, not one of our like beautiful artwork composition games that we've seen. No, no, that's not how playoff basketball is. And so to see us bounce back from that, and again, not like take it, let it get in our head too much, is is I think what you want to see there. And I th- again, I think for the most part, we still executed really well on both ends. We're not getting favorable whistles either, and kind of to not let any of that stuff get to us in that building. Uh, I think it's a positive sign. 
Yeah, it is. It's bananas that Tatum didn't get a single free throw until <sighs> the intentional. He shot two yeah. the whole game. It was intentional fouling at the they end. Were all over. Yeah, um, I'd love to see. Maybe that's something the intern can look up. It's like just some like the lowest attempts by like a player of his caliber this season. Like it can't be. Yeah, it's got that. That had to have been a pretty crazy one. Um, well, and again, just for how he was playing, it's not like he was just being like passive and settling for jump shots. Like he was driving into contact the entire game. Yeah, playing super aggressively right from the opening tip. Yeah, but but back to just sort of the the whole intensity level thing here. Um, I I, I kind of love that you know the rest did sort of let this game kind of get out of hand there. Um, but I do just kind of love that Jalen was sort of able to get it get that out, but also kind of keep it in check. I feel like towards the the end there when um Robinson went after him, I was kind of a little bit worried, like because if I'm if I'm Robinson, I'm doing yeah. that to maybe try to get to lure him into like a second technical or something like that. So I thought that Jalen did kind of a good job. Well, of just I think kind the of like... technical got rescinded, so he wouldn't have got. Oh, it did. Oh, all right. It's okay. really changed it from the tech to a flagrant. I don't think it was both. So that doesn't count. Okay. Well, okay, well, well either way, flagrant, just so, just yeah, to I mean, kind of stay kind of stay out of it. I do think he was a little mm-hmm. wild in the next few. Possessions. He definitely was. It felt like he, he was, was trying to do everything. Turnovers. Yeah, he was trying to do everything. And he had some sloppy turnovers, but then yeah. again, you mentioned the three pointer that he hit. That that was one of those sort of run stopping threes. They just came at three. Yeah, and it came at a good time. He had just missed the. The three shot before that too, so it was kind of good to get to get to see that um, out of Jalen. Um, yeah. But again, yeah, I think that. But outside of like that last stretch there, there was never really a point when this game felt like the Heat were even like nope. close. They couldn't guard us, but I do think this that kind of that whole thing made it end up making this yeah. game real close. That's, so and that's what they need. I mean, that's the talent. That's what they seized off of. Yeah. Right. They know like we're the we just are the more talented team straight up. So they need weird shit like that. And they need to try to rattle us and get us out of our game to win. And like, obviously, they're very good at doing that historically Mm -hmm. over the years. That comes from great coaching and, you know, some great personnel, great leadership. But you see, it's you see the test of Spo where guys keep falling out. Other guys come in and they're still doing it. We know how much (laughs) Robinson and Hero, these guys aren't good defenders, but you see the way they defend in that scheme for Spo. And it's like. You know, again, they're overmatched, but they're not making it easy on our guys, especially yeah. when the refs are letting them play that physically. Like, credit to them, they are doing it, you know? So a lot of guys would roll over and just let us, you know, get to the basket on them, bigger, stronger, more athletic guys. But they friggin' battle the shit out of us. They always do, and you know it's coming. Um, So, like I said, I don't think anyone's going to be upset that about only a four-point win when you just swept the season series against the Heat. And like I said, if it's a little easier also to take – a, such a shallow win when we just beat them by like 40 on their home court when they were at full yeah. strength. So again, it's almost like we'll beat you this way. We'll beat you that way. We'll beat you here. We'll beat you there. So sweeping the season series against the heat. That's got to feel good no matter how you do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so tonight, I think tonight was a pretty good showcase for our big three. We obviously mentioned Tatum's near triple double 26, mm-hmm. 10 and nine. Jalen had 20 points. He had nine rebounds too. He shot eight for sixteen from the field, two, three for eight from three. So that's kind of we were discussing some of the three point uh, slump that he was dealing with. So that's good to see him hit three of those. Uh, Porzingis yep. twenty five um, and nine. He was eight for fourteen from the field, uh, twenty five. He probably could have had more than that. I wish he had more than that. Um, just as an aside, I took Porzingis's points over the Chiefs' total points in the Super Bowl tonight. So I have so I was, when he was out, yeah, he missed. Yeah, twenty five is going to be a little bit tricky, um, but. That's an aside. The point of this segment is, I, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, uh, yeah. The point of this segment though is, what did you, uh, what did you see out of like the big three? Um, yeah, and just maybe a little, we, we can dovetail towards the end. Just kind of a, um, Derek White has been kind of quiet offensively lately. He's been doing a lot yeah. defensively. He's not, I mean, he's not been playing poorly out there. But is that mm-hmm. just like uh, another tough shooting night too? Yeah, uh, is that just? Wait, we'll say the Derek White. But go ahead and tell me what you think about the big three. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, it was far from a perfect game. I thought uh, Tatum was not perfect, but pretty near, and I thought it was a really, really good two-way Tatum game, and again, against a team that they're throwing doubles at him almost every time, and it's so, like, refreshing to watch when people, I think, maybe just look at Tatum's overall stats, and they're like, oh, he's, like, the same player he was, or, like, he's only averaging 27 points, like, whatever. I think you watch this game, and he's just made, like, that final leap to, like, you know, he keeps improving, and with this, it's his playmaking and just how he handles the game, and especially how he handles that double team like that used to be a bit of an issue for him now he's like automatic he's one got to be one of the best in the league handling that double he is waiting he's making the right play every single time um it's just so good to watch and be able to do that to defer and to trust his teammates and to trust like i think a lot of the times with the celtics it definitely (laughs) helps but i think with the celtics like so much we talk about do uh, yeah and part of it is the luxury of how good the team is but like if we just do the right thing all the time, like we're almost impossible to stop. And I think so much of that starts with Tatum where it'd be easy for superstars to want to do more, to want to score more, to want to shoot more, all that. But it's like a lot of times that's not the right play to make. And when Tatum makes the right play, like we get a good look every time. And tonight, again, to see him doing that, he mentioned it. I heard in his post-game interview saying like almost being a decoy at times, he's like, they're always throwing extra guys at me. And you mentioned it earlier. You can just see it watching how much attention is focused on Tatum. So for him to be able to make the right pass to get other guys involved is, is kind of what makes this offense next level where we've talked about yeah he can go out he can work his ass off he can score 40 points against pretty much any team whenever he wants but is that necessarily the best for the Celtics as a team I don't think so so to see him tonight the way again he was just like running the offense with such efficiency so well it seemed like finding every guy in the right spot at the right time and then picking his own spots when he was running a lot of screens like being the screener himself um, and then going to immediately go post up whenever it was Hero or Robinson any of those guys on him and you know, making the quick read, a quick double isn't coming. Okay. I'm blowing right past these guys. He was getting into his kind of like short mid range game. He was getting to the hoop a lot early. And then when they're focusing on sending an immediate double at him, he's swinging the ball back, getting it to Porzingis, making the kind of the skip pass to the corner to drew to whoever. Um, so just so good to see his all around game. And then again, the way on the defensive end, he took on that matchup where he was finally like, all right, I'm going to stop hero or he's guarding bam. So again, he's guarding their, both of their two best players down the stretch uh, made some really big plays. Again, that stop he had on bam, was one of the biggest sequences of the game that led to the rebound where he uh, put us up by four and kind of iced the game. So super good to see Porzingis. A lot of it was in the first half. You wonder how much he was kind of affected by that injury. Cause I think he had 16 and all nine of his rebounds in the first half. Yeah. Um, came out, hit a big three right away. And then obviously missed the time in the locker room, came back, played a lot in the fourth, but it never felt like he was kind of the same, or at least we were a little like hesitant to use him. It didn't we seem weren't like just like kind spamming of... that matchup. Like we were before. Yeah. I mean, we were just definitely... getting to mismatches all Right. So I wonder how much of that was injury because it seemed like the beginning of the game was a huge focal point was getting him involved. Um, You saw, again, we've talked about before how much that Miami zone has been a thorn in our side for years. You see just how much he changes the game. There was in the first half, they went to the zone. I think it was when Bam came out um, and, you know, first possession. Or, or, well, there were two separate times, actually. One was with Bam in. First time, he went right to the free throw line. They threw it to him, and it was like Bam was staying under the hoop on the zone. On the zone. It's like, okay, and he just hit, like, the most casual free throw line shot. It's basically a layup for him. Super easy. <laughs> Next trip, they come down, give it a Porzingis, same spot. Um, or they were waiting. He, Bam stepped up. He was kind of trying to take away that pass, and this was another beautiful Tatum play where Tatum was kind of holding it on the elbow, posting up. 
He was trying to feed it in to Porzingis, but Bam was trying to deny that pass. Al was on the other side. He sneaks in right behind and Tatum. Perfect bounce pass right down to Al. Uncontested layup. And I think they came right out of that zone. And then you saw another time where they tried to muck it up in the first half. They took Bam out, put in Kevin Love. Um, and you saw first play, immediately Porzingis pops, wide open three. Second two plays, they crept up on that. And I think he had two alley-oops in a row where he got back to it for alley-oops <laughs> right in a row. So, again, it's just, like, so nice to watch Porzingis, again, especially in this matchup where this has been the team, it seems like, the last few years, who's been made our offense stop better than anyone else. So to see now the counters we have, thanks to Porzingis, is beautiful to watch. And again, I think probably part of it was the injury, because you're right, he was headed to a much bigger game, and it seemed like he just kind of was a, was a step slow and like a slightly less aggressive. So I, I don't know if any of that was, you know, the way he was feeling, whatever. Obviously, he didn't play as much in general. So hopefully mm-hmm. nothing. Hopefully he's fine. But uh, great to see. And then Brown, I guess if you want to nitpick, someone didn't have a great game. Brown, six turnovers. You just see some of these moments. It's something about this team. I don't know what it is. He had some ugly ones. Um, there was one Travely Adley. I didn't think it was his fault. I thought no one was just coming to the ball. Uh, but a couple where it seemed like he was just dribbling very carelessly in transition, got poked away. He just lost it a couple times. A few of those moments where it's like, all right, stop. Stop doing this. Um, and it's like, <laughs> again, we have all these guys that can run the offense. We don't need Jalen to ever do, like, too much. And it seems like that's whenever the problems start. We can kind of feel is like, okay, just stop doing too much. Let other guys be, like, a play finisher, not a play starter. Yeah, um, he was he – was- but we were kind of praising early in the year for being more yeah. able to do that. Well, no, to kind it's of take pick over your spots, but it just seems like sometimes he forces it and gets the ball and decides like this possession, he's just going to like cook. And it's like, we don't need that right now. Um, so I thought he did a couple times, not too much. Again, nothing crazy. And he had seven huge points down the stretch in the fourth quarter that were very important. Overall played a good game. You mentioned nine rebounds, really good defense. And again, I think an underrated thing with the Celtics is how good the Jays have been on defense this year and how much they're stepping up to take things away. Again, when the Heat were kind of making their run on offense and got back in the game, a lot of it was Hero and Bam running pick and roll. Um, that was a problem for us, and we stopped it by putting the Jays like in the action, whether they're Brown and uh, Tatum both took turns guarding Bam and Hero. And it's like, how many yeah. teams can put so their best players... Yeah on those guys. So you switch it either way and you're happy with either guy on either one. And it's like, mm-hmm. what players, you know, two and three, well, I, uh, we were, I guess Tatum was playing power four, but either way, what teams like two wing players you can trust to guard the other team's best, like perimeter ball handler and big guy down low, um, is quite the luxury to have. No, so yeah, again, I mean, little things that don't show up just in the to box completely score. take away that whole switch where it's just like, okay, well you're just switching under two Ex- very right. capable wing defenders. And, yeah. And we're happy to have either of those guys guarding, <clears throat> either of their two guys and you can see like those last few possessions that's what bogged down they couldn't create an advantage either way and um that kind of closed it out so again good to see them stepping up and cl- there are different ways to define clutch like i keep saying we always talk about those you know buzzer beater shots are nice but to Shout be able to stonewall Pritchard. them <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but to stonewall their best players uh, on the defensive end on multiple trips down the stretch is equally clutch and we were up to task today and I always, I always kind of like when we close games out that way. So, yeah, really good job overall. Um, like I said, other than the few moments of careless, annoying turnovers, I thought really good. And we had talked about Jalen, one for 16 threes, last six games leading up to this. this is a yeah. very weird stretch. But he was three of eight tonight, and he had two more that just rimmed, like, right out. I thought, you know, from everything I test, shot looks good. He's shooting them in rhythm. Seemed like, you know, he wasn't forcing anything again. So, like, I think we both agreed, I think, just like a little blip on the radar. I'm not worried about that, really at all yeah no yeah no i think he'll, i think he'll be fine i do um i think he's made a lot of improvements anyway on shooting threes but he doesn't he doesn't just shoot a lot of them so something like that i feel like yeah. kind of the number sticks out but it's not it's not like he's like shooting us like out of games or stuff like that so no, i no. hear one for 16 i mean 16 divided by six that's pretty good efficiency right there so uh, under three under three attempts a game yeah so like, yeah nothing, nothing crazy yeah, i don't worry about it nothing. <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah just those three guys are just 
again, it, we, we, I, don't, I don't need to hash the point on, but like just what Porzingis, you said the Heat was like the one team that did feel like for some reason we would just become, they could just completely stop us. And, <laughs> you know, Porzingis, yeah. obviously, opening stays healthy. It was just a, they said just a back contusion. That's just a bruise, right? Yeah. So, it came back um, in, so. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to think there would be absolutely zero reason to put him in if there was any. If it was anything, yeah. <laughs> anything. But like when yeah. they said probable return, I feel like, all right, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I was also almost like, eh, dude, was it even worth it? Like, to return? I mean, so yeah. I was, again, I guess glad to see that he was able to, but sometimes I'm like, is there any need for this? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just a bruise. I feel you can't, like, re hurt. You can't, like, yeah. make, like if it was like an ankle and, like, you could, like, aggravate it. Well, like, right. Which, yeah, a bruise. Is just you couldn't like, really tell what it was. But, like, I mean, I'm sure that those heat fuckers were fucking on the back of his back or whatever, wherever it was bruised. Like, definitely. Piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think just a couple different uh, kind of additional notes. I think that Pritchard, great game for Pritchard. He's been playing really well. He's been playing really well for us, giving us good bench minutes. Um, I thought Hauser, too, was we played, he played an all right game. Um, Very solid. Yeah. Very solid. Very solid. Yeah. No, I mean, again, people are going to talk about like Hero cooking him, but I think if you go back and watch those possessions, like he played fine defense. Hero was just in a groove at that point. Like, I don't, again, like, teams especially in games like this that feel like playoff type games and it feels like every possession is getting so magnified like that's what teams are going to do they're going to target the weak target the weakest defender on the floor and i think again it's more of a testament to the other four defenders than it is a knock on hauser that like he's the one they're trying to target um it's almost like by default it's like well who else are you going to go at and um again like i think the celtics are mostly trusting him in those matchups one-on-one which i love um and again if hero just makes tough shots like for the most part i think you're just gonna tip your hat and live with that but i thought sam played well i thought he made a couple big threes one of my favorite moments too i mentioned uh off the baseline out of bounds play, the Celtics ran that play where they spread two guys out to either corner, um, and they had White right under the hoop, Porzingis at the top of the key three-point line. They had White go up and run just a screen um, to get Porzingis coming downhill. The Heat tried to switch it but didn't want to. Uh, Bam couldn't get around White's screen, and Porzingis just rolled in again for an easy dunk right over Hero. Celtics ran that same exact play again later, but with Hauser. Um, and you saw Bam like trying so hard to fight over it. So they ended up with two guys on Bam. Hauser popped out to the elbow and he got a wide open three off basically that same action. So I love shit like that. Um, and it's like, you know, Spoh's running their counter. Joe has this counter right back where I think that was like the design of the play. Anyway, he was basically predicting that's what the heat and Bam would do. And he got a wide open three for Sam. That was huge. So nice little coaching adjustment there. Uh, you know, you don't, you only hear about the coaching in these matchups when it goes poorly, it feels like. So, and I don't hear hear a lot of people calling out uh, Spolstra for his team with attempting over forty threes and hitting over only thirty percent. So it's just interesting to kind of <laughs> note the double standard. And again, I'm not saying Maz is is Spo, but um, just you know, I thought Maz was, did did yeah. solid did job you, for the most part. And playoff rotations too. I mean, a little bit of Pritchard, a little oh. bit of Hauser, and that was it. Like Cornette came in for like thirty seconds, same with Percet, but it was mostly eight guys and really mostly just the six. So uh, they kind of approached it like playoff game down the stretch, and it certainly felt like it. Um, you mentioned, it just reminded me of when you said they're going to be targeting the weakest defender. Did you hear the commentary? Which also, tough. To, I mean, I like Reddick, but that was a tough, tough announcer situation today for a national televised game. Really? So I was going to go the other way. I had actually announced their notes. I thought Reddick was, I like, I, was, I like it was Reddick breath a lot. of fresh air. But my, you heard but, him breaking down. But, pr- all right, hold on. Talking? Let me, let me talk. You all right, talk. All right, half the show you've been talking. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's two right. of us. <laughs> um, they, fuck. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, Reddick. They, they, was, they were talking about getting targeted on defense. And did you hear, like, Richardson or whatever, like, ask Reddick? He was like, so, like, when you're, uh, like, the weakest guy in the field and you're being yeah. targeted, like, what did that feel like? And it was just kind of like, damn, dude. <laughs> and then he kind of started, he was like, yeah. well, just to answer the question, what it did feel like 
was you're just in the middle of the ocean with like a raft with no yeah. paddles or like that. But I thought that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> like tough, I heard tough, him asking the question, I'm just like, is he about to just like cook his ass on national television with this question? But like, it is. I mean, it is. That's exactly what Reddick was. So it is like kind of. There's no better guy to be talking about it. Like that's he, when he was out yeah, there. Like, he's that very similar like, to the Hauser role, though. Like he's yeah, like, absolutely. Reddick isn't sitting there like, like, yeah, I'm looking to give you my sure. input on like being like the <laughs> shittiest defender. Like you're, usually you're hyping up your accolades, like of why you'd be a good. Because you're right, it is. It's like an interesting, interesting to have a person in that situation who can right, talk like, about it. But it's like you wouldn't like when they're when they're listing little... like the announcers, like why, why this is why you should trust what I'm saying. This is all the experience <laughs> I have. It's like. Also, like I've experienced, I've been like the guy who's getting picked on constantly on defense. So no, I can give is... you a very unique in- interpretation then. But yeah, I would have guessed that the answer to that question would have been just something like what he said: being stuck in the ocean without a paddle. But yeah, that, that was no, definitely that's true. That was definitely uh, pretty funny. Just that whole interaction. I, I mean, I think the team. I mean, to be honest, I'll take that over. I guess Doris Berger and think so, about what their number I, one is. I was just gonna say when I was watching this game, my head, I was, I was immediately it. like, I wish this was the crew calling the finals jefferson's a little annoying but i do think overall he sheds pretty good light and I jj he, he's better in this role than on like when he does like the oh, nba much, countdown much, like on those on he's countdown he's a to... clown right yeah i this think was JJ like actually... evens him out too because i think he's yeah. like if jj is actually talking ball and jefferson's trying to be a clown he'd be like dude he'd look like more of an idiot so i think jj yeah. almost like holds him accountable for being just like a take artist um yeah. but i thought jj it's like the first possession of the game and he's uh, breaking down how the Celtics are like scramming Derek White out of a switch onto uh, Adebayo. They're doing like a scram <laughs> switch with Porzingis and him communicating. It's like, yeah. thank you. Like, where you're not getting this analysis anywhere else. So, yeah. I mean, for people who actually want to hear them like breaking down the game, and he did it a few times, and I thought he had a great yeah, uh, legit. point when the Celtics bench came in. Pritchard hit a three. He immediately talked about how he's like, everyone keeps talking about these guys, like the Pritchard, Hauser, Cornette guys. Like, they're just like, 12th man who you're like you know thrilled to get a chance out there and he's like at what point like this is just a good nba bench and people need yeah. to stop like so reddick i mean obviously no surprise like he's locked in that guy knows ball if anyone listens to his podcast or sees him on tv so i think we talked about it a while ago and we were talking about how shitty like the espn crew is and the guys they trot out there so this is what i'm talking about when i'm saying that they're opting to put up like perkins and these guys just yelling at each other it's like you have people who are very intelligent and like good at talking about basketball and you're just yeah. deciding well, like, i feel like they don't no, put reddick don't on those this. shows because he, like, he calls people out i feel like reddick doesn't yeah but i feel like they don't want him there because he, right, he, he knows what he's talking right about, exactly like, he's oh, gonna like call, yeah people don't perkins like what they get to like think people don't like what he just like says just like gets to just yeah. be like wait what you just said is like wicked dumb and here's why <laughs> um, like I'm pretty sure he cooked like Wilbon one time or something like that. Yeah. Was, oh, they awesome. he always is calling those guys out because again they're just talking like general like takes out of nowhere and he's like, well, no, and then we'll say like why they're wrong and they're like, well, I don't know, like, like no, yeah. like I. He uh, he's like so close to you telling some of those debates and just being like, all right, like name like three people yeah. on this team, like you know, just like he just like he knows like some of those guys like don't know anything and it's just like so funny. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's why they don't like keep him. <laughs> they don't like put him on those shows because. They're like, at the end of the day, we're paying this guy way too much money to have the whole world know that they they don't watch any basketball. They just get yeah. their takes from, I mean, I, from us. That's pro- like probably true. It's probably true. I just, but I he's hope great it's... in the the color the color stuff. And yeah. Same with Jefferson too. Well, and I hope it becomes a switch as he becomes more of a vet that they lean into him being the main guy, and it's like a you know he can become that guy for like a long time for ESPN. Yeah. He's really good, and I hope he doesn't get like beaten down by the rush for everyone to make takes and like I hope he doesn't stop doing it the way he's doing and just yeah. decide like this isn't what people don't want this kind of like actual analysis okay so yeah no. shout out JJ we like we're a Reddit podcast we're a Reddit yeah, yeah. podcast definitely definitely yeah um, um 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of other kind of things to take away. I, there's a couple of things I'll get into when we do the Super Bowl things. I did do a f- couple of things <laughs> to link the Super Bowl. Um, okay. But I don't know what you uh, if you have anything in particular that you wanted to mention, or are you ready to uh, give us no, your I mean, I think that was pretty much it. Like I said, typical Heat Celtics. There's one other play when we were kept talking about Tatum and Hauser that I wanted to highlight, and it was when Tatum uh, they went and they were swinging the ball, got it to Tatum. He could have taken like a open but kind of rush three. And he did that thing where he like held it for an extra second um, and basically forced Hawkes, who was guarding Hauser in the corner, to decide. And after like the second pump, Hawkes uh, just fully committed, sprinted to Tatum. Tatum immediately no look, kicked to the corner, wide open corner three for Hauser. So again, for your superstar player to decide like this is a pretty good look, I'm gonna pass it up for an unreal look. That's just like that's like the last level of unlocking like amazing <laughs> elite basketball playing. So to see little plays like that, and I also thought it was funny. It reminded me because we were talking about the commentators. I think then Jefferson was saying it was a mistake by Hauser. He's like, "Well, that's a rookie mistake." He'll uh, or uh, by Hawkes. He's like, "That's a rookie mistake." Like he'll learn. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was like, and then he did I don't even think that is a mistake. I don't. I just don't think that's a mistake. Like you can't just leave. Jason Tatum standing there wide open with the ball. Like I'm. I know Hauser's a good shooter, but I'm sorry. Like you're yeah, you can leave Hauser to cover him. Yeah. Like yeah, that I thought it was brutal. They were beating him up for that. It's like it's not his fault. He's choosing between Hauser and Tatum. Tatum has the ball. You take Tatum every time. Like so. (laughs) Just uh, and Reddick should have called out Jefferson. He probably was like, "Ah, I don't want to ruin the rest of this game. But (laughs) yeah, Yeah, no, that was the only other thing. Uh, And then just I, I don't know about you, but after this, especially last eight minutes, I'm like. I think we've gotten uh, through this. Like, let's not see the heat. In the playoffs. Like, I hope yeah. that's the last time we see them this season. They're just a pain I in the ass. I think it is, right? Now they're going to be pissed off. Well, it is, I'm saying, unless we play them in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're obviously the eighth seed right now. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Robinson, I already seen his press conference, was saying it was a dirty play, uh, inexcusable and all that by Brown. So it's like, <laughs> I just, I'd, I would be more than happy to be done with them. Hopefully they miss the playoffs completely. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be interesting. Um, all right, go ahead and uh, give us uh, what do you have for us for around the NBA. What's going on? Yep, so a uh, little news. We talked about, obviously, the buyout market coming. The two big buyout dominoes that we kind of knew were coming. Spencer Dinwiddie, immediately after the Nets traded him, uh, he got bought out by, I think, the Raptors. They didn't want to pay him a $1.5 million bonus. Uh, Dinwiddie already been gobbled up by the Lakers, so you can take that as their big trade deadline acquisition, I guess, getting Spencer Dinwiddie to bolster their bench, I guess, give him another creator, ball handler. Eh, I mean, not terrible. Good, Pretty good for the buyout market, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Kyle Lowry, which we had already basically said was a foregone conclusion, officially bought out by Charlotte and officially has signed with the 76ers. Uh, no surprises there. Uh, well, again, much more on the bio guys coming. Those are kind of the two obvious big dominoes, but there's a lot of other guys now who will get bought out and, uh, can play, you know, will probably not be as big a names as those guys, but could certainly help bolster the end of a contender's rotation potentially. Um, the other, one of the other things really going on last night, we had a classic, uh, Warriors Suns game ended by Steph hitting a crazy game winner, um, with like 0.7 left deep three off the catch. Um, and then Durant missed a shot at the buzzer with Draymond on him and Draymond just absolutely uh, going crazy, calling out, yelling in Durant's face after that. It looked like, uh, looked like the old warriors. So yeah, I saw it too with like Nurchik. He said something like, yeah. uh, he's like, I'm, he's like, I, I'm not going to stop playing. He's like, quiet people don't win. And it's just like, that's just dumb. There's like a lot of quiet people that have won. Like there's a lot of teams. Like I'd say there, it's actually more the exception that like bubbling fucking loud idiots like him, <laughs> win i'd say yeah he's probably the only one that has so credit to him but can't really mm-hmm. think of any i mean maybe like rasheed wallace that's one yeah but they had chauncey bill like kind of yeah well yeah that that's now we're all way back but i'm just thinking like ah. recently <laughs> garnett yeah. maybe i could say yeah. garnett yeah 
Yeah, uh, no, I mean, it's like it was just teams. a stupid thing. A lot of quiet guys, yeah. can, you can still win and not be just like screaming in people's faces the whole game. Right. No, totally. But it works but for that, him, I guess. That's who he is. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like, without him doing that. He didn't just... punch anyone. He's gone however many days now without attacking a European. So, I know. Shout out you to know, him. You know, Zia Nurkic over there was tempting him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He played a few uh, Euros, too. Yeah. Yeah. But no, though, I mean, say what you will, but the Warriors, since Draymond has returned, look a lot better, and they now, with that win, crawled into the 10th spot. So as of right now, wow. the play-in would play have in the dubs. Warriors, the Lakers, the Mavericks, and the uh, Pelicans. Are pretty. I think <sighs> the 9-10 game would be Lakers-Warriors, so one of them would be one and done uh, in the play-in. That would be, I think, that'd a nice result awesome. for Adam Silver to get that single elimination play-in game. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be, be a good one. Big boost for his play-in tournament, so uh, that'd be fun there. Then the only... Other thing, uh, I want to just give a shout-out. He's almost always the source of people making fun of him. So, shout-out Grant Williams. Nice debut in Charlotte last night. I think he had 15-8. and eight. He had three threes. Stabilized their defense a little bit and uh, got them a much-needed win as they were 10-41 and 41 going into the game on a 10-game losing streak. First game for Grant. <laughs> uh, the Hornets pulled out a win, and he looks like, again, I think he'll be a really good fit on that rebuilding team. Uh, it was pretty funny. That last night, Hornets played nine guys, and five of them, it was their first game playing for the Hornets uh, after the trade wow. deadline. So, uh, again, not something you'll see very often. Kind of a funny little stat there. <laughs> and also, super cool, uh, I think a story that didn't get a lot of press at the deadline, Seth Curry was kind of a throw-in in that deal, but he's now on the Hornets, obviously his dad's old team, his hometown, uh, where they're from Charlotte, and Del Curry is the color commentator for Bally Sports Charlotte. He calls the Hornets games. Yeah. Uh, so now Seth on the court, wearing his dad's old number 30. Uh, it was a pretty funny moment last night. He checked in, and uh, Eric Collins was like, this, who's this guy checking in, number 30? And Del's like, I know him. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> just wow. a kind of cool story uh, going on over Isn't there. That and nice? That's like one of those... You'd uh... have to, You'd have to hope that now uh, this is, you know, the first, the next domino in uh, the Warriors missing out on the playoffs and Steph demanding a trade to Charlotte, uh, getting the whole family back there and going back to their roots. So just kind of a cool, uh, fun little family story for them uh, last night to see. And honestly, that's pretty much all I got going on. It's kind of a quiet day. Obviously, only one other game today because of uh, that football game that's happening later. And Mm. that's it. Oh, and one other thing, the other Celtics, I want to say, uh, Delano Banton. Great night in his debut. He had like 12 points, three assists, played like 24 minutes. So another thing too, for anyone like feeling like we all like these poor guys who we just shipped out, whatever we sent them to good situations because Banton was not going to play here. He's immediately a part of the Portland rotation and uh, Stevens, you know, that's a guy trying to play for his next NBA contract. We sent him to the Grizzlies. If there's any team where he's going to play 35 minutes a game, like, so uh, again, you know, can't say we like screwed any of these guys over. I'm sure they're, happy that they're going to get such an awesome opportunity now. Uh, so good to see Stevens didn't make his debut yet, but uh, we will definitely monitor the situation. Yeah. That was some of those band stats. It was kind of funny seeing like so many people like, Oh my God, we should have been playing him more. It's like, all right, well, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just, his, I think it's more just the situation he's in. Not that hundred you know, percent the skill. So to hold our horses there a little bit. All right. Um, we do have a uh, brother, the uh, second big game of the night uh, going on tonight. So I have a few different, um, we'll do, well, first of all, like, what do you, who do you have tonight? What's your, what's your prediction for tonight's game? So, uh, this is for me, a classic, like the heart wants San Fran, but the head says Kansas city. Um, I don't know. I just like, I don't I probably won't bet the game because I just, I want to root for the 49ers and I just don't think that's a good bet. Um, mm-hmm. especially being favored. It's kind of one of those things where like, all right, how many times do I have to see it until I see them like actually beat Mahomes? I'm not going to bet against it. So, uh, my pick, like, 
from my heart is 32-27 Niners. They give McCaffrey 35 touches, uh, and he goes on to be MVP. But if you ask me to pick with a gun to my head what's going to happen, I'd say, like, Chiefs find a way to pull it out, like, 23-17. All right. Uh, I like that idea. Well, I don't like... I like the idea of Chiefs only scoring 20... You just said, what, 23? Oh, yeah, for your point. Yeah, so my, my other side, so there's a couple of like those cross uh, cross-board bets. So I have Porzingis uh, total points versus the Chiefs total points. So Porzingis finished with 25 points, which was good. We hit that... We had those bad. two free throws. I was like, let's get him over 24 because that's, I feel like yeah, 24 not... is like a football number, you know? Yeah. 25. And then the I, other I'd one... i say I, you got about even odds going into that one. What's the KC team total, do you know? It's got to be right around there. Um... No, that's a good but, question. Um, but either while, way, I think while I pull that up, my other one that I have <laughs> is the Celtics um, total points versus the Chiefs total rushing yards. So that one I was a little bit more nervous about, just because the Heat can sometimes like make those games. Right, like I was, so I didn't know it was like a yes, yeah, so they have one ten. But I think that that one. Let me double check that one. I think I had like some pretty like fair. It wasn't like an even, oh, like okay. an even odd thing. Like I'm All pretty right. sure it's like it was actually kind of long odds. And I think one ten. <laughs> Is higher than they probably predicted us to score against against them anyway. Um, Maybe I have uh, where is it? Yeah, it's plus four thousand. Oh, okay, wow. So that's pretty decent. All right. I don't know what the Chiefs. <laughs> so you need an early uh, San Fran jump out to a lead and take the take them out of their running game. Basically. Yeah, Make the, the Porzingis one was just a plus one fifteen. Okay, but but as yeah. far as the game goes, both those have a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think I I took the Chiefs. I did bet the Chiefs too. Doesn't feel yeah. good, but it's just it would feel betting the Niners and then Mm-mm. waking up and having you just feel like such an idiot to wake up and then be like, right. "Wow, I actually bet against." If Ball. I was going to bet, Ball was it, an underdog too is crazy, uh, right? I know. Um, so yeah, I, I think I just don't want to root for it tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we'll say like Chiefs twenty four, Niners twenty three. Missed extra point by Moody. Be, oh, <laughs> that's well, that would be exciting, certainly. Yeah, I also uh, just a few of the prop bets. Anyone out there wants to get in on the, some of the prop bets? Um, you obviously got to get on the offensive lineman to score a touchdown. That's always a fun one, plus 3,500. Um, you never know what could happen with that one. Just for a little bit of a little fun on that. Um, Scorigami <laughs> plus 2,000. We're on Scorigami. Um, okay. It's only happened three times in the Super Bowl, and it's been all Super Bowls involving the Broncos. So not great um, hmm. as far. But that's AFC West, so there might be a little bit of a Was one of those there. the Broncos Niners Super Bowl, though? Ooh, don't know. That did not. That <laughs> just mentioned Broncos. Um, and also, will any punt return? Will any punt result result in a touchback? That was plus one thirty. That one's just kind of fun. Just make every punt a fun play. <laughs> every punt you'll be getting a little bit into it. Yeah, in a uh, touchback. I like the odds should be a little better, but yeah, not bad. And then uh, naturally, you got to bet uh, any kick to hit the uprights. The doink bet. The doink. All of the doink bet. All right. Well, but, uh, I haven't done any of those, but I got what forty-five minutes after this. That's that's exactly what I was planning yeah. on focusing so, on. So this is obviously right. terrible because if you're listening to this, you <laughs> yeah, you're probably already have tell these. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but you can judge us. Maybe I'll tweet them out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that'll be good. Hopefully, the yeah. uh, again Chiefs rushing attack doesn't do much, and then it's a real sloppy defensive matchup. Defensive yeah, game. I like it. The only um, prop I'm on is uh, Travis Kelsey to propose and Taylor Swift to say no after the game. <laughs> was a pretty decent odds. Yeah, so, oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, if you can find anyone still taking action on that, I would recommend getting in on that. That would certainly be an interesting bet. All right, um, real quick before we go to let's go on. We have the Nets coming to town, or no, we're going to the Nets mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday night. Nets, obviously, you mentioned they traded away Dinwiddie. They're two and a half games out of the play-in. Um, what should we look for for this match mm-hmm. against the Nets? 
Yeah, they traded away Royce O'Neal as well. Um, hung on to Dorian Finney-Smith, Lonnie Walker, Claxton, some of the other guys. Um, this team, they're kind of like a better version of the Wizards we saw the other night where they have a lot of guys who are like really good role players, but they don't really have anyone to quite like lead the ship. Mikhail Bridges is their closest thing. He's like a really good player, but again, I just think if he's your number one guy, like you're not really going anywhere, and that's kind of what we've seen. He's, you know, he's a good i think he could be a decent number two ideally he's your number three really good player on both ends but not like a true number one guy uh they've had a lot of the cam thomas show coming off the bench and then i mentioned you know dorian finney smith has been good for them nick claxton a good center but um again this is a team where i think it's more take care of business than anything else they really we should kind of overmatch them at almost every single position um just play disciplined again claxton's a good center but that's someone that he's more of like a athletic, uh, not a huge big guy. Porzingis should be able to have a field day with him, assuming he's able to play. Um, no lingering effects from tonight. I think uh, the Jays should be able to get going. Um, and again, I look for, you know, a pretty big win. It'd be nice to get back to uh, a nice comfy blowout, as it seems like we haven't had one too many of those lately. This would be a good team to do it against. Uh, you know, they don't have much of an atmosphere in there. It's not too far away from home for a road game. So, like to see the Celtics come out, maybe punch them in the face a little bit as they've lost a few guys after the deadline, um, take advantage of that position. And then, you know, I mentioned wanting Lonnie Walker at the trade deadline. So maybe if they feel like buying him out, uh, we could take him on. That'd be fun. Uh, probably not going to happen, but I'm looking for that. So otherwise, that's it. This is another game where it's just going to be like, go out there, take care of business. Don't kill yourselves, but exert enough energy to win. Um, and hopefully we can move on. All right, well, we'll see everyone on Tuesday night for the Nets, and everyone enjoy, uh, well, again, this is going to air after the Super Bowl anyway, so we hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, whatever happened for you, and hope any prop bets you did get in, whether I told you to or not, all hit for you. Um, go ahead, subscribe to the YouTube page, subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast on, follow the show at Chuddy's Corner on Twitter, follow me at Doug underscore Alex, follow him at King Chuddy, and tune in on Tuesday. We'll see you all then. Chuddy, have a good night. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Peace out, Chuddy Eds.